We're live, we're just having a chat. Very good afternoon and uh, welcome along to today's Aspen Weight uh, live podcast and live stream, depending on how you're consuming this today. It's a, a wonderfully bright Thursday where I am, I think around 22 degrees today, um, so it's going to be a nice one. I hope you're well and as always, please do keep your comments coming in uh, to our show. We do enjoy uh, reading them out and if you're listening on the podcast, you can still get involved. You can email podcast at aspen-weight.co.uk. I am delighted to say that as always on a Thursday, I'm joined by the CEO of Aspen Weight, Paul Waits. Hooray! And the answer is Lawrence, Jono. Ah, yes. And, and, Thank you very much. And Paul's introduced. I it was and Paul's introduced Jono there as well. Uh, Jono, hello, good afternoon. Hiya, Ben. Hi, Paul. Hi, everyone listening. Yeah, delighted that you two could join me. And we're going to start today's show by talking about something that, Paul, you, uh, you invented and, and both of you have, um, have been there since the beginning of a happy business, which I absolutely love. And I think really good for a day like today where you can see the sun shining uh, where Paul is. Um, and it is shining here, albeit um, myself and John are indoors. Um, but yeah, happy business, Paul, is, is, is something that become, takes on a, a more importance in a time like this, doesn't it? Oh, you, I think you've always got to be happy, Ben. Um, no, jo- John and I were just reminiscing because um, we were in a meeting. Um, was it in Wantage? It was um, it, it was near wanted. It was um, Milton Pop. Yeah. yeah. So John and I had a meeting with um, a firm called Coder IP, um, who are um, IP specialists and valuers, and um, we were talking about um, a sort of one-stop shop concept for intellectual property. And I suddenly looked at John O, and uh, and I had a pad and I wrote down. Uh, happy business and a slogan whatever and i showed it i picked my pad up and i showed it to him and he went yeah like that and um and we then we then um for instance uh, i did a business plan last year and it just had happy emoji faces all over the front of it for instance you know uh and john o will often put on his emails things like be happy uh all sorts of things like that don't you so um all the time even my um my answering phone message on my mobile phone um, I, I used to just have your bog standard, you know, leave your message, leave your name, and I'll get back to you. And um, it was actually you you left me a message, Paul, and you said, uh, your answering phone is sounding very mediocre. So I thought, you're right. Um, <laughs> not what that stands for. We're, we're all about being nonconformist. So now my answering phone says, we're here to make you happy. That's our, yeah. our sole role in life really and if you're not happy let me know but leave a message and uh, let's see what we can do for you <laughs> yeah I, I, I find the whole story of it um very interesting and the reason i mentioned it it's obviously very important as you said paul to be happier all the time but especially in um in times like this we we talked much on this show alone about the difficulties that everybody faces at the moment and the uncertainties and we'll talk a little bit about maybe that announcement on sunday later but to, to, to feel happy and to use just as you mentioned those emojis and those that, that expression at a time like this can can really help the mind yeah I mean I I I, uh, I, I think that um, so if, if you I mean there's nothing more powerful than um, proper feedback from the market is there and if you take um, for instance the the letter I wrote to all the clients at the beginning of lockdown where I basically said this is um, you know 
when I launched the friend program as well, wasn't it? I think it was in the same letter. Um, the response I've had from people about that letter has been unbelievable. I think people, um, I think people at the moment, it's interesting because um, I often say that to some extent the last recession had to happen for Aspen Wake to happen. You know, so for John O and I to be as good as we are today, the last recession had to happen, in my opinion. Uh, and I think in the last recession, mediocrity was banished. That's that's how I call it, right? People people before that recession could hide; they can't hide anymore. And I think what's happened with the lockdown is those businesses that operate with humanity might be a good way of putting it. Those businesses that engage with real personality and humanity uh, are really coming to the fore. And I think people really appreciate just, I mean, I I don't want to sound like I'm a saint, but uh, I've got got involved in two of my clients' banks back loans over the last day and and money hasn't come into it. In fact, well, one of the clients said, you know, you're going to charge me for this. I said, let's not be vulgar, <laughs> you know. Um, and, of course, you know, like I said to um, probably one of my better friend clients now, who Jono could probably work out who it was uh, if I if I went. Um, you know, I said to uh, a certain person in that business yesterday, um, you know, because they, 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 they lean on me very heavily now. I think that would be, you know. So we're having we're having meetings at least once a week about all sorts of things, you know, and I actually said, you know, um, I don't feel I said, I trust you so much. Our relationship's moved on so far. I don't feel the need to charge you because I know you'll look after me. You know, you know, it's um, I think you get the right people. Like, let's take, you know, my relationship with Jono, which I consider to be a special one. Um, you know, you've got you've got a relationship where you I don't know what you call it, things like interdependency, um, you know, mutual respect, mutual trust. So you know, you don't need to worry about whether the other person is going to behave in a certain way, you know? Yeah, I would say it's very much based on the concept of family. Yeah. You, you, you're in a family. You, 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 you've got to rely on each other when you're in a family together. You're not going to get on all the time, but generally speaking, you're going to work things out and you're going to progress. You're going to you're going to make sure you, you've only got one one bash at this, really. To be honest, maybe you will be reincarnated and have a much better combination <laughs> than you have at the moment. But the way I see things is, you have one shot at this, so you can choose. It's always your choice. You can choose to make the most of it and be as productive and as as happy and fulfilled as you you. You possibly can, or you can look at all the negatives and just uh, and 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 not be happy and be depressed, and that will lead to lack of productivity and unhappiness, which will just lead to disease and death. <laughs> well, that, was, that, was, that was quite a bleak assessment there, but Johnny, you went from being happy to dying. So, well, that's your choice. That is what it is. You can, if you're not happy and and you 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 are living a very unhappy existence what's the point of being alive uh, oh you've got to yeah. do something about it you know you've, you've got to change yeah. the situation and and make sure that that things are working for you otherwise do something about it well it's interesting i know sometimes it's easier to to say this and people people will say that it's easy if you it's easy for you to say that if you're in the situation but i think we've all known people that have 
been in a situation or being ourselves. And I know that Paul can talk about a, a part bench moment and um, a, a sto- stories, but you, you you do, as you said, Jono, you choose. You know, I, I know in my life there's been a number of occasions where you're you're in a hole and you think, well, you know, I've 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 not in this position where I've got a job or I've not got this, this and that. But you can literally, if you have nothing and if you've been made redundant at that moment, that, that you can choose to take the power in, into yourself and say, right, what, what do I want to do? I know somebody that has been made redundant, had the most horrible situation out of all of this, but they've said, well, I've got my health. I'm okay. I'm going to go back to university now and I'm going to do what I've always wanted to do. And I, I know people will look at that and say, well, that's idealistic and it's easy to say, but it really is down to mindset. And I think I can totally agree on that point. And as I said, Paul, you you could tell many a stories of, of those kind of moments, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you are just such a you are such a delight, Ben Otham. I know. Um, yeah, but I say that we're going to have to invent a new uh, Oxford Dictionary word for the way that you ask questions. It's like you know, what question was that? Um, yeah. So I think you know, I think that's what. So uh, I'm not sure I'm going to answer what, what the lack of question that you asked me, but um, the point I think the point to make, which is not always uh, easy, is um, I think you I think you have to stay uh, positive. Um, you know, I I'll probably talk about this tomorrow. I mean, I always I always cite the the actually the World War Two example. You know, um, what what if 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 there if there was William Hills operating, Paddy Power were doing bets on the war at May 1940, England would have been like hundred to one and the rest. You know, absolutely. Um, but the fact is, is uh, you know, the, the, the fact is that. Uh, this is something we're, we're going to talk about tomorrow in our VE Day special. Um, try to talk about what, what what was it that the British people found? Uh, not just the British people, actually, the British Commonwealth. I think we could call it the Commonwealth of countries found. Um, yeah, there were quite a few South African Spitfire pilots, for instance. I happen to know one Zimbabwean. I think I'm not sure if that's true, but I think I think that's about right. Um, but a tremendous number of um, of um, I think, well, more, obviously, more people fighting overall from um, Commonwealth countries than Britain itself. Uh, somehow or other, the people managed to show some sort of resolve and positivity that which allowed this almost unbelievable result to happen. And I think um, it's, it's, it's often uh, easier said than done, but I think it's, it's, it never ceases to amaze me uh, and this, of course, this becomes easier when you when you're older because you've seen it more times. How how often something really good happens when you least expect it? You know, if you if you keep to have if you keep having the right attitude. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Paul. Um, the thing, the advice that I would give to listeners is if you find yourself in a really really a uh, bad position where you really can't see any way out of your situation. Um, and this is, uh, obviously, it's much easier to say this than to do it. But if you can look at what is good in your life, it might be that you have your health. It might be that you have um, a good relationship with your children or your spouse or something like that. Just keep focusing on what's good in your life and be thankful for that. And the more you focus on that, other things, uh, if you give less focus to your problems, it's almost like starving the oxygen out of your problems and you just focus on the <laughs> things. 
focus on those good things, the more you will, the worlds, the universe will combine together to start making the good things happen for you. And in ways that you can't even possibly imagine, something good will eventually happen that you can't foresee coming because you are putting out positive vibes into the world. It sounds all airy-fairy, and <laughs> but, but it seems to work every time, I think. It's certainly worked for me in the past. I think you say that, uh, Jono, that, that it sounds like that, but the um, I can get here a bit of feedback now. I don't know why. Um, you say that, but actually... There's so many books written about this. There's so many um, good speakers uh, on this. And I always remember being reading something and being told a, a story about a road. You know, wherever you want to get to, it's just think of it as a, as a map. You know, sometimes you, can't, you just can't drive straight there. You, you might have to pack up in your, in your little car and, and go over the most bumpy lanes <laughs> and around about all these places, getting your map out every now and again because there's no GPS, but you will get there um, if, you, if you keep on those roads and you keep going to what, where, where you want to get. And these, these things, you could say, well, they sound a bit woolly and every, people say that, but they are the most fundamentally true things, the things that you say um, and, 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 and those kind of tales. I always go back as well to a, um, uh, a famous book that Rob Hook actually mentioned on one of our live streams a couple of weeks ago, which was Who Moved My Cheese?, which I remember reading as a as a as an eighteen year old, and I've always been fascinated by that. And and every time that you faced a little bit of a challenge, it always pops into my head to remember that actually that you know sometimes people move things, and you got you got to adjust to it. And uh, probably at the moment, as we started the show by saying, there has never been a more important time to you know heed that advice. And I just uh, yeah, I just think that's really important. Just bringing it back to. Um, happy uh, again, Paul. Um, I, I want to talk a, a little bit now about the um, about the radio station because we haven't talked about it too much. I just want to briefly touch on it again. Jono mentioned it at the beginning. Um, we we've launched a radio station now, and again, you, you've you talked and told the story of this being uh, two years in the making, and it and, and a lot of things have probably um, presented themselves in front of you just just for this this one project and and here we are having launched a radio station and how good that made you feel you know the road the road isn't always straight to those things yeah that i mean the, the radio station it would be would you could write a book about that because yeah. um you know you're talking about um you know like i always say when i talk to clients new clients uh, all r&d projects start with an idea you know I then say you think about the idea, you refine it, you share it normally with another person. The other person vindicates whatever the idea, you then take it further. And that's pretty much what happened with the radio project. I think um, when it started off, uh, as often happens, I think, you know, I hate I hate this reference to entrepreneurs, but I think for the sake of um, the show, we'll call it that. I think what I find myself doing over and over again is I have an idea, and, I, and how I explain it is I make it look brilliant backwards, not the other way around. So, you know, if you then, if you're looking back at the idea, it looks like genius, you yeah. know, because it's so relevant to where we are now uh, and how it's developed. But in all honesty, it wasn't consciously done like that, if, if that makes sense. I'm just being really honest now. So um, the radio project was like probably a lot of things I do was born out of instinct. I probably say, 
you know, instinct is, is, is like, this is something I should be doing, you know? Um, and then of course, if you look at how that project started, like many things, like the complete business growth service would be a good, a good analogy. There's a little bit of sort of going down the road, but finding it's a cul-de-sac and having to turn back up the road and go back down the road again to try and find uh, the road that takes you into the countryside or whatever the right analogy is. And I think, you know, this, this is very much coming back to the sort of thing we were talking about, about being positive. So probably uh, if you look at something that happened, which started to make the radio project a reality, it would be the recruitment of Drew Armstrong. Uh, and, and the reason why, from a, an Asperwake group point of view, that was so relevant, it was because, and I often say this to Drew, to be fair to him, uh, who would have believed that a 58-year-old man would change more than a 28-year-old 20, man by knowing each other? Yeah. You know? Um, and what happened is Drew's influence on me, it completely changed the balance of my mind. You know, the left-right balance? So just because Drew existed, and, and he's very encouraging, so he'd say to me, hey, Paul, start singing. You know, whatever, you know, and we'd start singing. We'd cut a couple of songs in his little studio and stuff like that, you know, and you start thinking, I've always wanted to do that, you know, and now I found someone that believes in me a bit, and this is a bit of fun, you know? And, and then, of course, um, inexorably and sustainedly, you suddenly find that you start thinking you start having having even more ideas than you had before, and um, I mean, I I have to say, you know, and I think you, you you both would have seen this, but particularly people like Ross in marketing meetings. I mean, I'm just like really on it, you know, boom, 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 you know, uh, it, it's just it just come and, it, and that's, and I think that um, I think uh, Drew starting and also having a mindset where you sort of almost say, look, I'm going to go on this journey. I don't quite know where the journey's going to end, but this is real fun. You know, let's let's see where we go. Yeah. And then, and then of course, you know, one of the things that goes with positivity, et cetera, is um, I think is opportunity would be the word I would use. So I think the really good people recognize opportunities. So if you take me, for instance, I'm not saying I'm really good, but one thing that you would associate with me is like I'm a dog with a bone. I'm all, you know, once I see something, it's, I'm all over it. You know, it doesn't go away. The new client's not allowed to get to, to wriggle away from the fishing line, you know. Um, if I think something needs to be done, it, it gets done. And, of course, um, I think the thing to do is when you have ideas, I think you – well, I tend to do. I refer to it as having light bulbs in my head. So I say I've got a number of different light bulbs, and, and those light bulbs will go on um, depending on who says what to me, you know, in a meeting. And, of course um, – when you and I had that breakthrough meeting, which we often talk about, Ben, you know, we had our cup of tea yeah. after my um, after my uh, keynote presentation at Reading. Um, that that then uh, that then took the media stroke radio project from uh, nothing more than a possibility into a reality, didn't it? Yeah. And then what's happened since then is I would suggest that because you and I have practically no difference in our integrity, whatever you want to call it, you know, the ethical approach and the overall approach is practically the same. And then um, I don't know what influence I've had on you, but certainly uh, the influence you've had on me is 
right from the first second I've ever listened to you, I've sat there and thought, this guy is bloody good. <laughs> you know, this guy is bloody good. He's as good as it gets. Uh, I I want to be somewhere, you know, if I could be anywhere near as good as him, that would be good. Yeah, no, and I think, oh, I think I said to you yesterday that the, the different elements of um, when you work with people, you 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 do that. It's very kind of you to say that, and and I think you you look at somebody in their capacity. And I think I said to you yesterday when we were looking at the business model and you know the experience that you have with that, it's it's nice that those things can work both ways around. And um, one of the other things that you mentioned there, I thought was really important for anybody listening, was that projects start out. It seems a simple thing to say, but people get discouraged because perhaps they can't see exactly how their idea is going to come together. They know they want to do it, but they can't work out exactly what the end will be or if they could ever get there. And you just mentioned it in a couple of breaths there, Paul, where you, you said, look, some it, it, it's a starting point. You have an idea, but you, you have to go through a lot of different... And it probably changes, and you have to change direction a few times. And Oh, yeah, totally. And, um, John, I'll just I'll put this to you. It's, it's, it's If anybody's sitting there now thinking... Oh yeah, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Be be prepared not only for the for the sort of cliched your your first business might fail or the business might fail and you might have to start something else, but your idea may not be the idea that you originally set out with. It could be a hell of a lot better. Yeah. It could just be look at, uh, in, in a different form and you still would have uh, achieved that. And it's it's really important that that people understand that especially at this at this time when I I guess there are a lot of people weighing up what they want to do and how they want to achieve it. Oh, uh, uh, absolutely. I fully agree with that. There's there's loads and loads of examples throughout history where somebody was trying to do something and they ended up creating something completely different. Thomas Edison was trying to um, trying to create a, an electricity flow uh, sys- machine or system. And he asked one of his um, engineers to to design uh, something based on his drawings. And he ended up mod- the engineer ended up modifying it and producing the first ever um, gramophone type recording machine, um, which which was not what Thomas Edison had in mind at all. Um, so there there is uh, for many years um, long before I got involved with Aspen Weight or um, the Growth Accelerator program, I used to run something called uh, Success Motivation International. And there we had uh, really, really clever project management sheets, which were called goal planning sheets. Uh, we used to call them GPS sheets for, for uh, the ac- acronym. And it was the exact same acronym for a um, global positioning system. And that's exactly what it was. It's, it's where are you right now? Where do you want to be? Why? What have you done so far to get there, and and what what stopped you? Why are you not there already? So, and from that, you start looking at what are the obstacles that are going to get in your way, and then you start looking at the solutions. And if you can then create from those solutions a plan of action to start implementing the solutions before the obstacles even arise, in a proactive manner, you've got yourself a clear path to your goal. So. All sounds pretty simple, and and an actual fact. Funnily enough, it it makes things really, really simple and easy. So, any listeners that are listening, if you would like any advice or information on how to use a goal planning sheet, get in touch with me, and I'm, I'll more than happily take you through that. Which um, which is you know, recently with an Aspen weight, we've been talking about um, wellness. <laughs> you read my mind. 
yeah. I was just going to ask Ben's permission to talk about that. Yeah, well, that that is very much a part of it. It's it's uh, to have a goal planning sheet to to make you both spiritually and physically and mentally um, the best you can be is is an essential tool of that, along with all the other all the other things we've been talking about. Um, which which we can expand on now, I suppose. Yeah, uh, uh, Paul, I'll let you. I'm going to let you talk about that. Obviously, that's that's exactly where we want to go with it. I'm just going to say, if you want to, you want to get in touch. Jono just mentioned it there. Um, email uh, friend at aspen weightcouk uh, Friend at aspen weightcouk and and please get in touch. Yeah, the reason I want to talk about wellness was was, um, and obviously Jono's widened the point now. But one of the reasons I was going to mention wellness is because. Um, it's it's the single biggest well i mean obviously you could say the radio thing is because but you know i was rather accepting that aspen weight radio had at least started so if we park that up for a minute uh the real big thing on the block um in aspen weight world at the moment is aspen weight wellness um and that would be a very very good example of a project that uh has completely in running changed as a concept from the first concept I had for it. Uh, and in fact, I sent a, an email out last night to um, my friends, Andrew Dobson and Ben Hoffmeister. Uh, and my view as of last night was very different to how my view was three months ago, for instance, mm. you know, and that's just, and that's born, I think, um, uh, out of lots of different things like, um, you know the experience of the lockdown you know my my view that there's never been a better appreciation of uh nutrition and mental health and well-being than uh there is at the moment and so i think um aspen weight wellness is going to be a much more diverse rounded very sort of people focused business yeah, it's really interesting to um, to 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 get that out there and see that uh, develop as well. And it ca- kind of came back to one of the um, the last points I was just going to make on something that Jono said, which was we talked about the radio station um, and mentioned that, and Paul talked about it when he spoke. But it, it, again, for people listening that think, um, oh, that's great, you know, you went, you wanted to start a radio station, you've started it. Where it is now, and where we had a meeting yesterday, where it will go to is not perhaps exactly where we sat down and said right this is it we're going to do this 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 and this and the same with the uh, the wellness they would take so many different uh, routes i know uh, paul always uses uh, the expression when we have meetings and says that there are going to be people that we don't even know now that are going to be, that help us get to where we want to be um and and that's when you're thinking about starting your own journey something else to, to throw in there as well paul is that you you probably don't know three or four of the people that are going to help you get to where to where you want to be whatever journey that you're going on yeah i remember um uh i i remember john o um a group strategy meeting we had last year it was actually the one where i asked you all to bring a painting the one where i asked you all to bring a painting that you liked if you remember that one and um one of the things i said in the first five minutes of my opening remarks is Uh, I said something like, you guys need to understand there's going to be probably at least seven people that we don't know who they are yet who will need to be in this room for us to get to where we need to get to. And you guys need to understand that. I don't know if you remember me saying that. Jolly? 
Yeah, I, I remember that very clearly. And since then, there, there are a lot of people um, that are, I have now met in Aspen White who weren't there when you said that. Yeah, absolutely. People like Oksana. Well, Rob, ben, obviously. Ben, of course. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's um it's definitely something although, to wear. Although we didn't we didn't say whether they were good people or not, Jono, did we? No, <laughs> we didn't mention that. Just people, just <laughs> let's people. avoid that subject for now. Well, well, hopefully the um the 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 the, the main body of this show we, we've talked about a few things that will be useful to you if you if you ha- if you are having to consider either as a business or an individual a few changes <clears> or changing your goals <throat> and ob- objectives. We'll we'll do more around this, and I also want you to point you into the direction of shows that we've done previously. So whether you're listening on the podcast or you're on YouTube, uh, you can go back through the playlist and, and listen to some of the other shows because we talked about. Uh, wellness and well-being last friday it was a it was a, it was a wonderful show to be part of and we'll continue with uh, themes uh, like that in weeks to come right for the last um, 10 minutes of the show we've got paul's song to come but i just want to touch on something that we do all the time on the thursday show okay. we tend to do it on mondays and thursdays is just talk about the current situation because we haven't lost touch with that there have been uh, a few developments over the last few days but really we are all waiting to hear on sunday um, I joked yesterday that they, they've done it on a Sunday to um, to drive up the uh, the Sunday afternoon figures uh, at four o'clock because it's it, it it seemed a strange one to to do it on. Um, but we're all waiting for Sunday, really. That's just what we're waiting for to see. We're speaking about being happy to see what can make yeah. us a bit happier uh, in in these announcements. Mm, interesting. Uh, I, I, I've um, in my personal life outside of Aspen Wait. I have, uh, we had a a fire at at the house where I live and um, we've been dealing with the insurance company for 18 months now. And every time we get a, um, we get a deadline and every time that deadline comes and nothing happens and the big announcement that I'm hoping from the insurance company or the financial ombudsman or whoever it is, uh, which I have no control over, uh, the announcement uh, that I've, I started off having very high expectations and, and, you know, wanting to move on. And it turned out every time this happened, uh, it was a non-event. And so I have given up from my personal point of view. I no longer have any faith in what the government um, (laughs) or or the insurance company or anyone else who I have no control over what they're going to say or do. I I, I just have stopped um, listening to all of that, to be honest, because yeah, I have too. Often, yeah, yeah, a bit. So that's, I, that's I my view. It's interesting, Ben, because um, I was watching a program last night. As you know, I watch YouTube probably more than anything else, other than The Last Kingdom, the best program in world TV at the moment. So uh, I'm now on episode seven of Uthred's Journey. But parking that to one side, my 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 um, plug of of netflix um i was watching uh, a commentary on i can't remember it was it was probably lbc because it was either it was either lbc or um uh, what's his name brendan o'neill who i really like um as a as a commentator and, and actually they had a, a rather different view about sunday and why it was sunday um so whoever it was basically said we can't help but think it's on a sunday because there's something in there that's going to bite us in the arse sort of thing you know there's going to be there's something there's something in the detail that we're not going to like. That was that was their view. 
Um, I think um, what what would appear to be the case, uh, and I think to be fair, um, although I'm a critic of lockdown, one thing that um, I think is more obvious to me now, having having um, been well read, shall we say, internationally over the lockdown, is actually, uh, although I don't agree with it, the government has given us a lot more freedom than most other countries have given their citizens. Um, and I think, I think where we're at now is I, I, I think I actually have changed my mind a bit on my position of a couple of weeks ago. I think Boris himself um, clearly sees the need for people to go back to work. I think the, um, the single biggest problem that there is, which we've talked about many times, is their spin was so effective that half the country are now frightened to death of going anywhere. Uh, you've got the unions telling their members not categorically not to go back to work unless they are absolutely 100% safe, which then throws up the possibility, for instance, of uh, the train network becoming a farce. Because I think, uh, you know, we, we've definitely discussed and, and, and agreed that uh, capacity in trains will have to be at a very small percentage of its maximum. So the only way to um, to get back to anything like normal is to have more trains. Hmm. Uh, but the rail unions are saying to the the rail unions are saying the rail unions are saying to their um, members that they've got to be, you know, very, very careful to the point of probably boycotting it. So uh, the next challenge, they were, they were, they were um, speculating on what the next slogan will be, um, sort of slightly, slightly taking the joke. You know, at the moment, it's all about stay at home, protect the NHS. So how do you go from stay at home, protect the NHS to try and go to work and protect the NHS, you know? Uh, I've read things like, um, which, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I, I saw a proposal about people doing four days on, ten days off, which I, which I, I couldn't see. I mean, I I have proactively suggested in our Aspen Wake group meeting on Monday that um, people in the same department work every other day, for instance. You know, which um, just strikes me as, as as obvious sense. You know, if you take um, uh, Morag and Cora, for instance, you know, Cora being my personal assistant and. Morag effectively being assistant to the personal assistant, um, you know they're in at the moment. They are largely in a quite a big office, uh, just the two of them. And I've suggested that that becomes a big office with just one of them. So common sense would suggest that that should be a more than adequate measure to socially distance, for instance. You know. Yeah, I, I think um, we we had a little bit of a chat before we came on air. I think uh, around the things that I've read obviously that 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 line of instead of putting the foot on the accelerator out of this it's it's taking the foot off the brake and I, and I think on a sort of personal level we can expect uh, another three weeks to the end of May as I said before of of lockdown but just with some restrictions being removed so you can go out a few more times parks become a place on the outside now it's warmer that you can go to um, I think a few more as Paul said earlier a few more shops um, will will be open as well with still restrictions in place I don't think there's going to be a great change in the next three weeks I think that June will see m- more people back to work and those challenges that Paul um, spoke about um, so, so I think I think we've got to take, as we've always mentioned on this show today, positive, happy, and look at the positives. You know, we've we've come through the peak, hopefully, 
and the foot will come off the brake a little bit as far as a bit more freedom for us over the next um, few weeks. Is and I, and I think going back to one of Jono's points, when you look at have you got your health and, and look at the positive things, it can only be a good thing that we're getting a, a, a few restrictions removed. But I don't think that people should expect a lot from Sunday. That's that's my my personal view. Mm. I would I would like to I would like to make a couple of very important points before um I finish my contribution to this debate. Um firstly I was just gonna say that Norman Norman Lamont, who was a very respected Chancellor of the Exchequer, um uh, and in fact one of Thatcher's uh chancellors, um made a speech yesterday and he was commenting particularly on uh, how expensive the furlough scheme was and how um, he felt that it was already a well thought, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, good intentions, but ultimately foolish and maybe even cost-wise d- destructive and disastrous policy. Um, I think there, there's definitely a, a growing realisation um, that you know, there really has been a tsunami happening to our economy. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to just finish on was um, I saw a fantastic interview last night. And I, 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 wished I, could, I wish I could remember um, the name of the lady that was interviewed, but she's a, an American author who lives in the UK, very outspoken critic of lockdown. Uh, when the interviewer asked her to describe her own position, she said, uh, I think she said something like, uh, "I'm the sort of person who goes fuck off." Sorry, quoted speech that was. So it wasn't. I wasn't really swearing. Um, so she doesn't like being told what to do. She made that quite clear. You know, I don't like being told what to do. So um, you know, that's that's my attitude to lockdown because no one should tell me what to do. But she made uh, an incredibly, I think, simple but very astute observation that if you think about. Uh, a factor which I don't think is anyone would deny, which is that the government's only objective was to avoid uh, NHS meltdown. Okay, so they they even built Nightingale hospitals and uh, were prepared to kill other patients, uh, stop you know important treatment to to succeed in that uh, objective. And of course, in running, uh, that has been achieved doing handstands so in fact we've got to the point now where most of the nightingale hospitals have never been used at all and also um capacity capacity in most hospitals is uh very low and i think and her point was was that um actually from any from any um intelligent uh, observation as to what should have happened is firstly um, the policy that I've just referred to is just basically spinning everything out so that so the whole the whole A to Z is is now going to take say I don't know four or five months instead of um, I wish I wish Ross was I think we we'll have to tell Ross off in a minute I could we can't go whoops um, so the whole process is going to take you know an awful lot longer than it could have done. Um, you know, I, 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 I hate to say, I'll say it as it is, and it's not meant to be as incentive as this, but I think she used the words, you know, let, let, let it rip. You know, we could have had a, a, a policy which was to let uh, the virus rip through, uh, through our, you know, through the community. And of course, you know, the point she was making, which I think is impossible to disagree with, is 
Um, that, of course, would have achieved the opposite of what's happened now. Um, it would have been a sharp, severe shock. Economically, um, there would have been maybe a month of pain as opposed to uh, a very prolonged situation. I mean, if you're looking at, um, again, I think Norman Lamont in his speech, he basically said, I think he, he mentioned specifically a number of industries. And I remember he talked about tourism, airlines, hospitality, restaurants and hotels uh, in particular. And he was basically saying that probably not just some, a, 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 a decent portion of those sectors will never recover. You know, what's already happened is terminal. So, yeah, I think I think that and I do think that there's a, a, a more uh, intelligent realisation that that's actually where we are. Yeah, it's a, it's interesting the points you make, Paul. I was just reading in front of me the the uh, Bank of England scenarios um, suggests that we could be, uh, you know, the largest decline in GDP for over three hundred years. I think they mentioned that to seventeen oh six. So that they're sort of playing out the scenarios <laughs> of what might happen. Um, and obviously, yeah, there's a lot of talk of of how places will recover. I read this week that there are a number of airlines that may not fly out of Gatwick anymore. British Airways, Virgin, yeah. obviously job cuts. And and I think those kind of headlines uh, sometimes just go a, a little bit missed. And I know we'll go into detail on a few more of these things in, in other shows, but that's a hu- huge news. And what does that mean for Gatwick as well and, and staff there? So there's there's all sorts of things. I just want to finish um, very, before we go to Paul's song, um, <laughs> because, because just on something a little bit amusing. And my favourite part, and I should maybe have this as a feature and we'll make a jingle, but my favourite part of the press conferences um, and probably my favourite ever since it began this week was there was a I can't remember the name of the Northern Irish lady that does and I won't do the voice but she she does <laughs> a very good summing up of the figures Northern Ireland and uh, yeah she said <laughs> actually the journalist uh, asked a question he said look we've we've seen that uh, people that are obese are more likely to die is, is this true and would you be telling people to lose weight he said and she came on and ever so calmly she just she said um well, well, actually, actually, the journalist said, should people go on a diet? And she said, well, actually, I don't think that dieting is the proven best way to lose weight. And she said, one thing I would say was, um, uh, coronavirus or no coronavirus, um, it's always better not to be obese. And that's how she finished it. And it just it just tickled me. I don't know why, but it just the way she dealt with that question. Um, anyway, I wanted to end with, a, with, with something that amused me this week. Um, but yeah, she's like... She's you should like, have said... You should have said she said fat chance. Well, yeah, but I, I wanted to quote her exactly. <laughs> what are you what are you holding up there, Johnny? Uh, just a thing outside a shop. It said uh, there's a sign and it says, people must not cough near you. They must cough far away. If you hear someone coughing near you, tell them to far cough. <laughs> <laughs> And that's mm. and that's how we're uh, we'll, we'll finish uh, from me and Jono and and head to Paul for his uh, song of the day. What letter are we on, Paul? Today we're on S for snake, or is it hissing sni- Sid the snake? Of course, H is hissing, and Sid and snake are S. Of course, uh, I obviously I'm probably not in the sun too long. Um, probably this is this was probably the hardest um, day so far, actually, because there are. A, a huge number of S bands that I really like, such as the Stranglers, uh, Squeeze. Um, help me out here. S bands. Uh, Spice Girls. Should have. 
Spider Man. Oh my goodie <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that was a that was that was a good one, wasn't it? Yeah. Subvicious. Uh, Super Tramp, uh, Super Tramp are a really favourite band of mine, um, and ultimately uh, it's it's very difficult actually doing this now. Um, we're we're going to have to ban Whoops from now on in our show. Um, so um, of course, you know we've there's there's Sneaker Pimps would be another uh, good example. Um, several of the songs have actually been played before in in previous uh, podcasts, for instance. So. Uh, I'm sort of probably a bit more conscious now about um, other people's views rather than my own, if that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, so actually I decided in the end to, to play a song which had, A, which I think is a brilliant song, and secondly, um, it means something to me. Something I used to say to Ben every Friday when he used to get me a Chinese, actually, was chicken charming or chop suey every time he walked in. That was, that was my little thing, you know. Uh, I, I associated Ben with this song "Hong Kong Garden" by Susie and the Banshees. So every time, one of my, in fact, one of my one of my greatest triumphs, because I'm a very childish person, as you know, one of my greatest triumphs in the whole of history is Ben and I flew to Edinburgh for a high level meeting with a, um, I think it was an investment fund actually. Uh, it was somebody like Jupiter, you know, that sort of or Aberdeen Asset Management. I can't remember which of the two. I know the guy that we were with was something like the chairman of Glasgow Rangers or something. Uh, and by the time I'd finished, I was I got him to I actually got him to sing Chicken Charmin and Chop Suey with me. And Ben just went on the plane. And he said, you really are something, you know, you have this dour fund manager and you got him singing Chicken Charmin and Chop Suey, you know. And, uh, you know, I was quite pleased at my ability to get people to dumb down to my level. <laughs> so the reason why this song means something to me is um for, so those, those of you who um know anything about music susie in the band susie susie sue uh was first seen on um the infamous uh tv show where the sex pistols basically um had a big row with the um with the host who whose name escapes me for the minute was it i don't think it was russell harty was it um Anyway, it was it was it was uh, one of the stodgy people, and Susie Sue at that time was a a groupie, I guess, of um, of the Pistols, and then uh, she went on to form her own band called Susie and the Banshees, uh, and I was uh, fortunate enough to see Susie and the Banshees uh, in Cardiff uh, when they when when this song I think had just charted, um, and I and I, it was definitely one of the best. Uh, concerts I've ever been to uh, and I used to be peerless at pogoing up and down holding a full pint and not spilling it because obviously being an alcoholic you don't really want to lose any of your drink so um, not something you'd know anything about Ben so no I think this song is just um, uh, a really good example of a song that's sort of probably regarded as punk but it's actually very catchy I, I think it would be a word very catchy melodious um very powerful performance. And of course, um, like many bands of their time, uh, Susie and the Banshees have sort of gone on to to be quite a more cultured band. You know, uh, I'd encourage people to listen to a song called Israel, for instance, um, which is which is a very good song. And their cover of Dear Prudence by the Beatles is 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 well worth a listen. So uh, my, my show for Thursday, my song show, my song for Thursday is Hong Kong Garden by Susie and the Banshees. 
And of course, tomorrow, um, I expect Ben's going to plug this in a minute. Of course, we've got V Day special. So, um, one of the things I just want to say, Ben, before I go on to you, is um, I saw my uh, eldest son Sam this week, and um, lo and behold, because he's um, he can be quite um, OCD about music, uh, so he's a huge Kim Wilde, ABBA, Cher, uh, Blondie, Kate Bush. Yeah, so just a yeah, uh, fan, but he discovered this. Um, this singing group called the called the Papini Sisters, Papinis, um, who sing in. I don't know if any of you know. I don't know if John and Ben know about the Andrews Sisters. Uh, so the Andrews Sisters were an American uh, singing group, very very popular during the war. Uh, probably synonymous. The number one song I think would be the Boogie Woogie Woogie Boy from Company B. So, yeah, sorry, the Boogie. I've been corrected. The Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy from company b um so uh this this is a, it's a it's three girls who aren't actually sisters at all um all, all british um and they um let's say sam introduced me to them and they do this wonderful version of wuthering heights you really so john you must listen to it if you do nothing else today uh listen to the papini singing wuthering heights it's just unbelievable cover you just couldn't believe that the song could be uh, constructed the way they've done it. It's just quite amazing. So uh, that's probably been the discovery of the week. So um, the Papinis are actually going to open the VE Day special tomorrow. Yeah, really looking forward to that and glad you mentioned it, Paul. We're back on uh, tomorrow. It's a, it's a bank holiday special, the VE Day special, and we're back on from uh, 12.30 where Paul and Callum will be uh, with me for that. Can't wait for that one. We're going to play out with a song in a moment if you're listening on the podcast. And as always, if you're watching on the live stream, uh, do go and check it out. A couple of recommendations there uh, to check out. And I just want to say that I was only joking with the Spice Girls and it would have been the Smiths for me uh, on S. Right, that brings to an end uh, a a really good show. Thank you, uh, Jono, for joining us as always. Thanks very much for having me. It's been great fun. (laughs) We're we're delighted to have you on the show. And uh, Paul, thank you to you as well. And and I will, of course, we will see you uh, for the special show uh, tomorrow. And thank you for watching and listening to our show. As I always say, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the bell to be notified when we go live. And of course, you can subscribe, if you haven't already, to our podcast. And it will be automatically downloaded to your device uh, for you to listen to uh, whenever you'd like to. Uh, Before we go, I also want to say that, um, obviously, we do live streams every single day. Uh, We produce our podcast and we've just launched our radio station. And we are here to help you Uh, If you would like to get your uh, media ventures up and running, that is what we're here for. So please uh, do get in contact with us. You mean mean for a very large fee, you mean? Of course, yes. Um, (laughs) But we we will be uh, offering uh, that uh, service. So if you do want to uh, get involved with live broadcasting, whether that will be live streaming uh, like we're doing now, if you want to be producing a podcast uh, or any kind of digital content and you're not sure where to start or maybe you've made a start and you need some guidance, then please do uh, get in touch with us across social media and there will be uh, an email address uh, coming very shortly What you can do specifically uh, for that. Um, we'll keep talking about that as we move on uh, into tomorrow and next week. Right, have a great rest of the day. Uh, Enjoy whatever you're up to and we'll see you back here tomorrow at 12.30. Have a great...